It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going auto reverse on the Alan Parsons Project. So, Alan Parsons Project, I think you should start. Oh, because I don't have as uh, I'm not as enthusiastic about them as as you are. Um, I'm happy to yes, do this. Yes, absolutely. That is absolutely one of the reasons why you should start. So, what I will say, and through these exercises for auto reverse, I usually come away with a deep appreciation of what we just heard, uh, of the of the band that we're we're, we're reviewing and listening to the playlist over and over. You know, today before the show, I was like, maybe I should listen to playlist again. And I'm just like, I don't know if I really want, I don't know if I could do it again. And it's not that I didn't like anything. It's just their songs. The Alan's Parson Project is a really interesting band on many levels. You know, being a studio band that basically didn't, didn't want to do Dark Side, turned down, worked on Dark Side of the Moon, but didn't want to work on Wish You Were Here to record their, their first album. And you know, they're studio guys, they're engineer guys. So when I listen to their stuff, it's, you know, it's really, it, the, there's master craft in production and how they layer things and how they do simple, uh, you know, the instrumentation is really interesting, but it's, it, it doesn't stick. It, it's one of those bands that I'll listen to the song and it won't stick in my head. I'll forget about it and I'll listen to Eye in the Sky again. Like, oh, yeah, that's a nice song. But I won't be humming it or thinking about it or anything all, anything at all. And, you know, because they could do so many, gr they're amazing doing instrumentals. They, they, they sound to me like a very much like a soundtrack band. Like they could probably write soundtracks in their sleep. And I, even though they were wildly successful, I just, there was nothing about their music for example, comparing them to Pink Floyd, th that elevated itself to where it seemed like it, it reached like an emotional core where it hit you in a deeper spot. So I enjoyed I, I enjoyed listening to them, but it was like, you know, I was like, okay, I, it, like I had to put on some Killing Joke or something with some little bit more of like a zest to it, like in a little bit more of a, a sneer to it because it had more it had more coming at me than this, which was just like. Not elevator music, but it was really sensible music that was really well done. I mean, I, to a degree, I agree with you, but <laughs> so basically what you're telling me is that the Alan Parsons Project is the musical or the drink, excuse me, the drink equivalent of a blended, like a Dunkin' Donuts blended smoothie. Yeah, yeah, they're not even a Long Island iced tea that was done in a chiller machine. It's like they—they they are basically like yeah, that Dunkin' Donut donut shop. Yeah, coffee. like chem, chem, chemical powder into blender with yeah, I yeah. yeah, I get it. I agree, like I said, I agree, but I kind of disagree in that even though they're like a producer-led band, which you you you, you know you so strongly put and uh <laughs> even though they're th those things and, but still their their story of how alan parsons and what's the other guy's eric name Wolfson. Uh, eric, eric wolfson. wolfson yeah 
the story of how they met at Abbey Road, it has it has a Hollywoodish quality in that. Well, not Hollywood, but more like it's a wonderful life, <laughs> like that they were there recording the Beatles, and then they formed this completely, you know, blended smoothie type of a band. But even within that blended smoothie, they still made really interesting music. I mean, their hit singles were all, uh, right. were, it was a variation. So it, they weren't always sounding the same. True. Um, they, because they were so technologically engaged with recording technology and effects and, and all that, it, it, they, it, they were always sort of like, um, you know, they were... They were like ahead of their time. I, ahead of their time isn't I, the right I, word. A, yeah, yeah. They I, were. You know, they were kind of like they were kind of using the technology to push their music into other realms. Like you said, the instrumental stuff is out of control. I mean, yeah. serious that song yeah. on uh, "Eye in the Sky." Yeah. I mean, it became a fucking arena, like sports arena music. Are I mean, uh, sports. Wow. Uh, venue, uh, it's the it's the Chicago so, Bulls theme. So the uh, Gary Glitter song, but does that really give him a star? I know, but I like Gary. I like uh, Gary Glitter. So uh, don't okay. don't don't try to beat me up about that. Uh, so yeah, so I, what I'm saying is in their corniness. I'm talking about the Alan Parsons right. project. In their corniness, in their sort of like not the deepest, most soulful music. Right. It's still it's still really good and really interesting. And I kind of latch on to the pretentiousness and slight over the topness because it's like it's an ex it's escape it's a form of musical escapism for me. Right. And so that's that's why I can kind of it's the yin and the yang. You you're yin in it, and I'm gonna yang it, and then f figure out some point in between where we can all kind okay. of agree or enjoy it. That's all. I'm, that's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, and that's fair enough. And it, and I would say that to update it a little bit more, they are kind of the love actually of of bands a bit. Uh, <laughs> but what you know what I would the thing that bothered God, man they're like really getting fucking <laughs> no, no here's what I will say heroes here's the only here's the last like I think the last bash that I would give against them the guy who wrote most of the music and you could arguably say is the more talented of the two is Eric Wolfson and the band wasn't even named after him like the dude like I did a little deep dive into his history like after Alan Parsons, like he wrote a lot of theater musicals and became wildly successful after that. Um, there's also the aspect of, you know, those guys never played out. They were just sat in their little studio. They were a studio. They were a studio, studio band. Yeah, they'd be really. I mean, but was it? But wasn't Steely Dan kind of that like that too? Eh, I mean, they played out enough, and bought you can say Boston yeah. and those bands, but they were extremely didn't play out. I mean, they would be thriving now. They'd be the best quarantine band of all time. They could just sit at sit in their studio and rot, knock out songs, and people would be uh, sopping it up right now. Um, but yeah, here's what I would say. Exactly. But here's what I would say, and I mean. There's a there's a craftsmanship in how they put their songs together. I mean, like games people play is another fun song. Don't answer me. Like it does span. Like they're trying to push. Um, the, you know, the, one of my favorite songs of theirs is the voice, which has like a crazy breakdown. What album is that from? Uh, the voice, I think, is from. Is it I Robot. Ah, gosh, that's what? a great question. 
I, sh uh, I should know that off the top of my head. I didn't mean. I didn't mean. I didn't mean. To it's not games, people. It's not games, people. You can fix well, my, this later. <laughs> <laughs> well, my two favorite albums of theirs: I Robot and Games People Play. Yeah. And uh, not games people play, but jeez, um, why am I? I'm blanking on it. Um, I just got. Yo, you should have wrote this shit down. I just got the turn of a friendly. Now you're fucking. Now you're the fucking turn around of a, here live. The, <laughs> the turn of a friendly card. I said games oh, people yeah, play yeah. games and card. It's kind of similar. You know, I was on the right track. There's a lot of car, card imagery with them and Brave New World. And yeah. There's just like, there's a lot of high con. That's the thing about them. The high concept shit. I don't know. I when Maybe when I was younger, I thought it was stupid and old. And now I, I find it it's fascinating and I latch on to it. It's still is it still stupid? It's not as stupid, <laughs> but it's still stupid. <laughs> it is, but I kind of, I don't, you know, it's like you know how people play Dun uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, my and, daughter's like, learning that. Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so, so I don't do those things because they're fucking whack as fuck. So what <laughs> I do is I take the same energy and, that I that of de and desire, and I put it towards these really pretentious asshole type um, bands and. Right. And they're one of them, and it really it works for me. It's weird. Well, I, don't, I, I, I think the soft rock element too, the, yeah. the soft rock yacht rock thing, that's really appealing to me as I get older. I think maybe because it has some sort of like memory, like inherent well, it's, memory it's, with it's, my youth that it, was on the radio, right? Well, it's also you know super hooky, so mm -hmm. it's it's not it's, yeah. it's easy to kind of dive into. You know, funny thing is, when I was 12, my one of my cousins gave me for my birthday a cassette of iRobot. Uh, I think it was my, let me see, eighth birthday. Oh, yeah, because it came out in 77. So, um, and he, he looked at me, he's like, you're not going to like this the first two listens. <laughs> he's like, but he's like, keep listening to it. He goes, by, yeah. and it was funny, he's like, by the 10th time, you're going you're gonna to really dig this. And I and like remember looking at him like, well, if I listen to anything ten times, I'm going to start liking it, you know, a little bit. But um, and I did. I mean, I, I I liked it after the third time. It was it was it's a really good album. It's a good concept album. I didn't really get, latch on to the concept aspect of it. I thought the cover album because I was you know younger, so I liked the iRobot, Molly Hatchet, like all I like any kind of cool album art. Um, Hypno it's hypnosis. Yeah, we like Blue Oyster, Blue, and, Blue, Blue, yeah. Blue Oyster's called. Like they've had great album covers too. So like I. But, really, but what I'm saying is hypnosis. The art design company in London did a lot of those, like the Pink Floyd and oh, yeah? the uh, and the um, and the Alan Parsons Project album covers. Uh, I just bought a book about hypnosis. And I, I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just like trying to throw this in here because it's important. So. That they're like they were like a before Photoshop and and everything they were like using photo collage and all in high concept sort of photo shoots mix, mixed media type stuff to design all these album covers they did all like the Zeppelin covers right. Pink Floyd um, and they were an English uh, design company called Hypnosis so it, it like that imagery like what you're talking about the the effect it had on you it's like i i feel like those guys had a hand in it 90 percent of the time yeah and, you know and yeah and it's and they have cool covers like turn of friendly card yeah. is a is a cool cover you know eye in the sky is a cool cover you know it the funny thing about not the funny thing about it but you know they they you know when you try to figure out this band you it, it that's where i think you, you should like when you're listening to this music, don't try to figure out the band. 
because they don't really have it. They don't put a stake in the ground who the lead singer is. They use various lead singers and they use various styles. And I think one of the, one of the things I did like is like they tried different kind of technology and like the digital uh, vocoder and some other things that they use because they're, you know, studio nerds. And, you know, that's the, that I, I found that at first kind of disconcerting. I'm like, well, who's the lead singer in this band? And I'm like, and then you find out it's really just two people very much similar to Steely Dan to where it's two people like really driving, driving it all. But it's not really, quote unquote, a band band. It's really just a, a guys who have some super strong understanding on how to write a really strong song and how to layer a strong and how to use simple versus complex and having them work together. Um, you know, I think that's the part of them I like. I think it's, you know, I, I think it's when my brain gets involved in the whole thing a little too much. It, it's where they kind of go off the road. And it's also like, again, I think that they write really strong, hooky yacht rock songs, which I don't know if yacht rock songs have a lot of nutrition in them, but they're fun to listen to. I, they never they never stick Nutri with Nutrition? the fuck you talking about nutrition means that they they're like a, they're like a, i know but they're like a donut there's no nutrition in it i mean it does it, that's you got it you can't even like you yeah, can't but, even think about that before yeah. you approach them but yeah i know but it's like you know even when i eat a donut like the frosting stays with me a little bit like really fuck yeah if, it's, if they know how to make a donut Um, I, you know, you know, you know, the, the thing and while we're talking, it just dawned on me. Uh, uh, what's the song? I think it's on Dark Side of the Moon. Um, is it Welcome to the Machine? Is, or is it just called Machine? I can't remember. Welcome to the Machine. That's from Wish You Were Here. Welcome though, to. The, oh, that's from Wish You Were Here. Yeah. I, I don't I don't wish you. Yeah, you're right. It's on Wish You Were Here. I don't think he had. I don't think Alan Parsons had a hand in that record. He had a hand in Dark Side. Correct. Right. Yes. But you hear. Alan Parsons influence in a weird way in Welcome to the Machine. It's like that conceptual right. where you try to make your music a scene, like a scene in like Blade Runner or something. Mm -hmm. It's like you're it's like you're you're conceptually what they were trying to do is make that their shit like their music uh, 3D, you know, like this is fully formed uh, scene it's like really it's it's kind of fascinating uh, yeah you're right nutritionally there's not much there because it's but it's like conceptual so right. they're conceptual bands like so conceptually it's only two guys and they're conceptually changing their thing right. they're conceptual band making conceptual records right and that to me is fascinating i think that's why i'm kind of hooked on them and even though it's there, like you, similar to what you were saying before, like listening to them has 
in some ways, I, I it, my interest in them has waned a bit the more I get to know them. But but at the same time, if I if I can step back, reassess what I've listened to and reassess my own feelings, I realize that they're the, what they were. Their sort of like trajectory or or their aspirate or their aspiration, right, is what makes them fascinating. Yeah, I, okay, I, you know what I'm saying. I could, I could buy that. It's like they yeah. they were definitely trying to go on their own path and something away from what they were working on, be it you know at Abbey Roads um, and deal with Pink Floyd. There's a song on the playlist, and, a, and there's another song off one of the albums that I can't and I can't remember, but it sounds so. And I don't know if it's off Tales of Mystery Imagination or off Pyramid. Uh, but it sounds eerily like Pink Floyd, and it's, I think it's a, a instrumental, too. And it just sounds, I wouldn't say it sounds a ripoff. It sounds like it, like it, like it, it was a, like a, a leftover a track that wasn't allowed to be on Dark Side of the Moon. It's that kind of like... I know, but, but I'll, ta- I'll take that any... I'll take... Dude, that uh, that's like that's a meatball for me. I'll take that any day. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but when you I, bite I love in, that. But when you bite into that, that, that meatball, it's... It's, it's more breadcrumbs. There's more breadcrumbs there that yeah. Made out of soy. There's <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no man, I you don't understand. I'll, that's like I in some ways that like kind of like af, like uncolored like half baked idea in a song. It it just it really works for me. I don't don't try to get me to explain it. I don't know. It, it just it works for me. It, it's crazy. I, I love that about them. I love that about and they're you know the other thing about Alan Parsons project, they're so fucking English. It's oh, wow. ridiculous. Wow, that's a that's a good point. That they are like They are raging, so fucking raging. English and they are so fucking English and i every you know, it's it's like amazing. It's like they're ugh. and and so as an as an Anglophile, which I am, you know, mm. self admitting, like self you know, every self, everything about um, like that. That also is a ma- major appeal. You know, and almost like almost any band that it play that does that that are from England and or from well, but they're Great fir- Britain. Yeah. I immediately like them just on that that fact alone. Many times. But funny enough, their first album was based around Edgar Allan Poe, though, right? Mm-hmm. You know who was that? Now was no, Edgar Allan? Was no, was he an no, American poet or American poet? Baltimore Raven. That's right. He's from Baltimore. An American poet. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that they went after an American poet in that on that album. And but then again, he was an American poet who, who easily could have been English. Well, also they were probably trying to appeal to the American audience. You know, it's like you know, here's some Pander, pandering, pandering, yeah, pandering through that, Edgar Allan Poe. That's, that's what they were. <laughs> that's what they're saying. Yeah, Edgar Allan Poe. You, you know, that's how you'll get oh people. Oh my God. You know. Adolf Huxley. That's who you want to Here, check it out. I have I have a great plan, guys. They're, they're <laughs> sketching out their marketing plan. We do a whole concept album on Edgar Allan Poe. It fucking hit. It'll get yeah. right off the charts. It's it's called Raven in Eight Parts. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's it's amazing though. No. That sort of self indulgence that sort of self indulgence nowadays is hard to find. Well, Commitment to commitment to a such an offbeat like first of all, think about this. They have a huge hit with Dark Side of the Moon. Pink Floyd probably calls and says, "Hey, we have a new album. Uh, you know, we want to do. Can you do it?" And they go, "Nah, 
we're gonna do our own album about Edgar Allan Poe. Like, what, what, like that that takes some nuts to be able to. That's s- a set of balls right there. Yeah, cast it, iron balls. Yeah, and we're gonna name but it. You know and what? We're gonna name it, and that, we're gonna I name the band that. after the least talented person in our duo. In the- <laughs> <laughs> But dude, that's amazing, and yeah. so it's so flawed. But 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 like I said, so aspirational that it's it's kind of like a feel good story in a way that's like where where the characters are not that morally appealing <laughs> or appealing. I just think I, you take morally or appealing out of, in any way. <laughs> you take morally out of there. Uh, um, I don't know, man. I. Th- Matt, okay. I understand. This is. I knew we should talk about these. This band. We we just just give the let's give the listener some background. Okay, okay, let's go. We we a couple days before we recorded the we recorded this. What we're recording now. Uh, we <laughs> you were like, I don't know if I, I, this. It's not that appealing to me. This band now, and and, uh, and then I said, well, let's just switch it up. Let's talk about another band. I don't care. And you were like, no, let's talk about it. Because talking about those differences and the fact that I've waned on it is interest is interesting in a way. So it, I I don't know. I think that's cool. No, I think and it's like let me be very clear. Also, it's like I appreciate this band and I like a lot of their songs. I do, and I like. I mean, like I said, I brought um, you know the turn of a friendly card like a couple months like no about four months ago, and I was super happy about it. Like I like this band. I just think, like, when I look back at them, I think you have to come to, like, the relationship between your your bands are in your life. It just can't be, like, one like and dislike. I think it's good to have complicated relationships with your music because it's... Like, I, agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So... It's not that like there, but you know what the thing is is like I think that one of the things it's like my relationship with Kiss. Exactly, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Which we we may have to del- dive into a little bit at some point. <laughs> what like you're going to be my therapist? Yeah, about like this. tell me about what about Gene Strike? What makes you upset? Is it his long tongue? Do you feel threatened by his long tongue? Are you threatened by okay. Paul Stanley's chest hair? <laughs> Ace has a smoking guitar. Do you feel that smoke is indicative of your past? Oops. Oh, yeah, yeah, like. is it, does how does that relate to the relationship with your mother? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, I I do like this band. It was just through the I and it, and this is compare comparing it with all the other stuff like the Bohan and the Atomic Rooster, the Chicago and um, Chic, like. I didn't get tired of listening to that playlist or going back and revisiting their albums. I like was loving it, and I listened to all you know each of those things like double as many times as Alan Parsons because, like, I would hear that those keyboards coming in even when I put on shuffle there like, there'd be that keyboard entry and I'm like ah, not this again what's going on are we going on the outer space again and it would it was just like it, when they when it got going I enjoy I liked the songs. It's that there was a missing level of. I'm glad these song. I'm glad I this these, this band was part of my younger life. I'm glad I'm revisiting them because I'm getting a deeper understanding and I'm finding little chestnuts that I haven't heard before that really show how great of a band they are. Like I think Alan Parsons' project is a very 
very, very, very good band. I take points away for not touring and st stupid stuff like that. And, uh, you know, being kind of a, I, you know, like I said, a pop machine. I'm not, you know, I like more up and down than side to side music. So that's probably why it doesn't resonate as strongly with me. There's the soul aspect of it. The part that really connects to me, like there's something going something deeper. Uh, and they're more intellectual or more, um, they're not a, an emotion, no. they're not an emotional, like an emotionally tinged band. I mean, even when they try to do that, was that concept album Eve where it's about, uh, Eve, yeah. yeah, yeah, which has a couple real stinkers on there. Uh, but oh, yeah, that is one of the that's that's one of their more weaker albums, definitely. And I love the album cover, another hypnosis album cover. It's it, that's a like a weird. Yeah, it's spooky like, album cover. But I like that because, like, under the veil, they got some, you know, they got some defect about it, and it's about, you know, the, the, the intentions of it. Is, I mean, it's 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 a good out. I mean, like this, that's that. I, I think it's that instrumental uh, Lucifer on there, which I really like. Yeah, that's that's a great song. Yeah. Yeah, but like the um, like the one with the the girl, the woman was singing was just horrific. It's not good. I don't know what happened there. It's that that's like a. I, if I could change that's your some mind, half shit. that's that's some half baked. Like I could see but, some you know, karaoke bar saying, "Yeah, we're not going to have anyone sing that here. We we we, we can't deal with that because it's just a little <laughs> well, too pop by numbers." They 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 did not do a great job on Eve. I I really do love their. Ne I think it's the next album, uh, "Eye in the Sky." I believe it's the next no, one. No, Turn of the Friendly Card. "Eye in the Sky" is after. No, Turn that's the next one. Okay, yeah. "Eye in the Sky" is the one after. Uh, I love that album. It's weird. Yeah. It's like it's like one of the it's like the you know the the dawn of eighties yeah pop. You know, like yeah. that's what that album rep represents, and I, that it's it's I love it. I love it. I I, I know. I know. No. But you know what? This that's part of this show, right? Yeah. And a lot of what we do, we're look find we're trying to find value in things that have been sort of discarded or or forgotten about, need a dusting off, and sometimes you find out it's fucking amazing and other times you find out it's amazing but it's amazing with strings attached right and that's what and that, to me there's a lot of strings attached to Alan Parsons project that's a good way of putting it and you know yeah I, I, I think that it's a perfect summation of them well on that last note I think we should uh, sign off here yeah, if you have anything that you any band you want us to check out uh, email us at uh, auto reverse PO pod autoreversepod at uh, gmail.com check out the playlist there's on spotify it's under auto reverse with tony and matt we have the, the, the alan parsons project as well as all the other episodes uh uh playlists and just take a deep dive into that and and have a good time with it because it's you know tony puts together some really tasty playlists and uh even alan parsons project you'll be good for at least one listen <laughs> Yeah, don't be a dummy. Check them all out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Peace.